0: glad that you have joined us in the struggle. Uh, this church is a church full of people like me who are in the midst of struggle. Uh, there is no one perfect person and as we like to say, if you are perfect, you can go ahead and dismiss yourself because you're in the wrong place. <laughs> because We're all a work in progress, and we've been talking about the human condition and the human experience, and we've looked at the challenges, the struggle. We've talked about our inconsistency. We want discipline in our lives. We want healthy habits, but it's it's hard. We... We want to care. We, we want to be able to expend emotional energy on the needs of others. But we have our vision towards ourselves and we become indifferent. And it's a struggle. And, and we've been disappointed. The human experience draws into the storyline and the narrative that all of us have been disappointed with someone, whether ourselves or someone maybe that we really looked up to and they fell off the pedestal. And the wonderful thing about being a follower of Jesus is that we enter into the struggle, but the Christian faith is not stagnant. It's dynamic. And so struggle implies we're moving forward in the journey. And we do that best when we do it together. Today, I want to speak to the struggle of addiction. And it's my prayer that you won't somehow think that this message is for the person next to you or some family member in your family system, if you would, or some coworker or somebody in your neighborhood, but that you would kind of focus in on you. And so we're going to talk about Addiction. And, and I think the first thing that we have to remember as it's a human struggle is nobody ever sets out to say, I want an obsession. I, I think I want to have it. My life is going well. And, and I think I want to become a, an, ad, an addict. And I think I want to let disease take over my life in such a way that it devastates devastates me. It devastates my relationships. It sends me into financial ruin. It destroys my health. And it makes me feel far from God. I I don't think anybody ever sets that as an objective. And if you were to ask somebody who has an addiction... Was that the case, they would say, that was ridiculous. I never asked for this. Now, there are categories of addiction. And what I want to suggest to you today is that if you took John Horton, Pastor John's experience, and the number of years that he's been in ministry, and you add Anthony McPhail and myself, we've heard all of these lines. Maybe it's part of your story. Confessions. I'm addicted to pornography. I'm consumed by it. But I hate it. And I feel shame. After my surgery, I started taking pain medication. Now I can't function well after rehabilitation. I can't function without it. My wife hates the fact that I smoke cigarettes. I, I, I hate going behind her, but I, I just can't seem to quit. You know, I started with smoking pot and then cocaine. And I've dabbled with meth. And I, I need it to get through this. For some reason, I can't stop checking my email, Facebook, Or Twitter. And and if I go 30 minutes without checking one of those, I'm in a panic attack. You know, it started out with a small gamble. It was a small bet. But it got bigger and bigger. And now I'm upside down in debt. And I've even been trying to bet myself out of debt. Maybe part of this is your story, one of these computer games. (laughs) They make me feel alive. I play four to six hours a day. Maybe, Maybe more, it's a chance for me to get lost. Any of these sound familiar? You see, the person who struggles with addiction will tell you truthfully, this is not what they sought out. And they can intellectually tell you, for the most point, part, when they're sober, that it's bad. But they confess that they've been captured by an addiction. Now, we probably all have an addiction. I mean, for example, I like coffee. I do. And I need a little bit in the morning, but not like the drinking problem my wife has. (laughs) Oh, wait, I said early on, let's don't focus on others, didn't I? Uh, Hey, baby, you got your... Go ahead, hold it up. Go ahead. (laughs) See, there's her hypodermic needle right there. And and sometimes she'll just say, you've got to stay here with Carrie Sue, my mother-in-law. I'm going to Starbucks. And, and there have been times where I've gone with her, and, and she'll say to the guy at the drive-thru, I'll take a coffee, misto, no foam, two splenda, and I'm like, what's she doing, building a bomb? <laughs> All right, and, and I don't know what it is, and you know, at Starbucks, the word coffee, you can't find it anywhere, and so I'll say, I'll just, I'm embarrassed, I'll just have whatever she's having. <laughs> and so she, she's got to have it. Now me I got to have food. <laughs> and it's telling, isn't it? Um I do. And and it just makes me feel better. Let's say my collegiate team's playing on ba- basketball on TV and and they get behind, man, I'm like, bring out the cookies. <laughs> and and I really could. I could gorge out. I mean, it's, you know, if, some, if, if Delia brought home a pumpkin, or excuse me, an apple pie and that crust and all that, I could, I could seriously eat the whole thing. And it would make me feel good. Yeah. So we, we, we have our addictions, don't we? And no wonder with eating they call it comfort food. For me, it's emotional eating. Now what about you? You'll look at your message notes, you'll see a spot. It's time for you to come clean. What masters you? I want to invite you to write something down, and I'm going to ask you not to be so arrogant, so self-righteous, that you think you have an asterisk by your name, that you're not obsessed by anything. I want you to write something down. I don't care what it is, golf, um, uh, video games, whatever it is, Some kind of chemical addiction. It can be yours. We'll let you let it be a secret for now. We'll talk about how that's not healthy, but we'll let it it be yours for now. And so, what, what is it about these addictions? Well, it's not the addiction itself that's so threatening. While the symptoms are not good, and it can be devastating, the consequences, the repercussions of the actual habit, it's what lies beneath. In most cases, addiction is based on two things. One is we're trying to medicate a need. There's a hole in our heart. There's a hurt. There's a stress. There's something from our past. There's something in our present. There's a fear of the future. Whatever it is, there is a void, and, and something's going to fill that vacuum. Something's going to fill that emptiness. And so we medicate. We we feel better because of it. And and so we we feed that addiction. and, And the hurt is suspended for a little while. For a little while. The other is idolatry. We worship an idol. We say to this thing that has us, that has control of us, that now seems to have dominion over us and has imprisoned us, we feed it and and we say, you know what, I'm going to allow this thing to have dominion. And we're seeking to find what only God can provide in something besides God. Without this, we don't feel alive. And so we say, do I really need God? Because I've got my thing here. And I want to worship. And this makes me feel good. And so pour me another glass. It gives me some peace. Ah. Uh, Write on my wall, and let me write on your wall, because when I'm interacting on social media to the point that it obsesses me in terms of my frequency to the computer screen, it gives me meaning. And so it's what lies beneath. So today what I want us to do is to, uh, to look at well, take a different twist on it. How do we have an addiction? How do we perpetuate an addiction? I mean, some of you may be saying, hey, you know, I don't have one. Let me get one. Well, let me tell you how you can get one and how you can feed it. Are you ready? Follow along with me. Ways to maintain an addiction or ways to perpetuate addiction in someone else. Um, First of all, deny that you have a problem. Convince yourself that you can stop the abuse at any time. And listen, if anybody ever challenges you, get defensive. Okay? Because it's not that big a deal. I mean, it's not that big a problem. And, And if several people come to you, you need to realize... They're all wrong. And so they say something like, intervention? Come on, you're making way too much of this. That's your response. And so do not admit that you have a problem. That's number one. And to help others, what you need to do is just ignore their unhealthy behavior. I mean, if you really wanna feed that addiction, Just pretend like it really isn't happening and hope it goes away. That's going to help with your addiction. But I've got something else for you. Submit to the slightest temptation. I mean, if there's a craving for whatever it is that has control of you, just give in. I mean, really, it's about you, isn't it? Isn't it about instant gratification? I mean, gratification first, but I want it now. And deny that there's a spiritual warfare going on. Let somebody tell you that there really isn't a dark darkness. Let somebody convince you there's not an evil one. And then you'll feel good about the fact that surely you can break this because somebody's not working against you. And don't let them say that that sin really grows in the darkness. Refute that. I mean, you deserve this. So go for it. Keep a steady supply. And remember, you all along have been warranted this. This, this is good. And, if, for example, shopping. If shopping is an addiction for you, don't pay with cash. Max out your credit card limit, and be sure to have your credit cards on you, okay? And and if you have an addiction to the computer or maybe some content that's inappropriate, do not put a block on your browser. That is the first step in making sure there are no boundaries to help protect you. Keep, for those of us who are Really wanting to perpetuate addiction in our own homes. Maybe we have someone that is an alcoholic. Keep the supply chain in, bring the liquor into the house. That'll always help the situation. Drink in front of them, that will encourage them as well. Let's keep going. Rationalize your behavior, make a lot of excuses. Hey, one excuse works as well as another, right? And, you know, blame somebody. That doctor should have never prescribed the pain meds in the first place. He's really the reason for your addiction. And so cop out with blame. Or or maybe you need to say something like, you know, my spending habits really reflect the fact that I was poor. I didn't have anything growing up. And so, yeah, I'm a little extravagant. I don't put limits on what I get. But hey, you don't know my past. Or what about this one? You don't know who I have to live with. <laughs> Maybe that's why Delia drinks Starbucks. I don't know. She has to get jacked up because I'm so jacked up. I don't know. But who who is it that, that you can perpetuate their addiction? I mean... And when you're thinking about this, well, remember, you're the victim here. You're the one one that deserves this. And, And be sure to enable the one who does have a struggle in your family, okay? Say things that are real helpful like, well, that's just daddy. I know he hit mama, but he had too much to drink. You see, be sure you're part of the problem, and so we're going to perpetua- We're going to feed this addiction. I got more for you. All right, be sure to hide your problem like it's a big secret. Uh, it's a personal issue, isn't it? I mean, come on, it's it's private. It's it's between me and and me. One friend of mine said, "Tim, I had an addiction. I kept it from my imaginary friend." <laughs> So, you know, be sure you hide it, because, well, once again, sin grows in the dark, but don't be convinced of that. That's just a saying. And it could be embarrassing, because if you shine a light on something, that may mean that you need to get other people involved, and who wants that? That's going to be embarrassment. That'll cost you money and rehabilitation. It's going to take some work. Let's take the path of least resistance. And if you have a loved one and you want to see them continue in their addiction, discourage them from, from going anywhere oh, whatever, that my sound. from going anywhere where they may benefit from support. Just tell them that they can do it on their own. In fact, that leads us to the next one. That leads us to the next one. I'm addicted to my voice. Come on, guys. <laughs> that leads us to the next one, and that is Anthony. <laughs> You're addicted to me.
1: We've got some big issues.
0: We now. do have it. <laughs> no, I'm addicted to my wife. After all I said, baby, that's my one-liner today. I love you, baby. I'm addicted to you. All right. So, so. Rely exclusively on your own strength. That is key. And and don't tell anyone about your problem. And don't lean into others, especially God. Discourage people from uh, the, the troubled friend or family member from going to get support from others. Discourage them from leaning into God. Maybe this is the way God made them. Why would you even do this? It's kind of condescending to say that you ought to get help from someone or a treatment center. And if they don't complete the process, let them off the hook. I mean, you want to keep peace, don't you? You know, that's hard. That was really hard to do. (laughs) To have that sarcastic twist. Twist. But the amazing thing is that people think this and say this. So where's the hope? Tim, that may be an issue and addiction is real. Well, I have hope for you and it's, it's available 24-7. And it's something that is available to you through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I leave with you my spirit. And that spirit, get this, will allow you to do even greater things than I have been able to do. And so, when we partner with God, that's the first step. When we say, I will have no other idols before me. And we reject ourselves as one of those gods, And we say yes to the Spirit. You know, we have talked about the fruit of the Spirit in this struggling series. And what a wonderful gift God has for us. A gift of the Spirit is given. A fruit of the Spirit is developed. And the one for today is self-control. But you know, when I look at that word, it's almost like a misnomer. Because it's not so much focused on self as much as it is taking some responsibility, but partnering with God. And Jesus promises us wonderful things in the treatment offered in our own spirituality. I want us to look at 1 Corinthians 10, 12 and 13. And you see it projected, it's in your message notes. And I think we find the hope embedded in this passage. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, to human beings. And God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Let's take a look at this passage. And what I want you to do is underline the phrase common to mankind. Some versions say common to humans. What I believe that Paul is saying to the Corinthians is, look, be careful, stand firm, but I have some good news for you. God will not let you be susceptible to something that someone else has not battled. In other words there are others who've gone before you who have struggled with this addiction some are victorious some may not be but the struggle is a common one for many take heart in that that god didn't allow you to be exposed to something just for you but others battle in it and you know what when we battle the addiction with others, we are stronger. And so your temptation is common to human beings. So take heart. Number two, look at the phrase, God will provide a way out. He also, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. God will provide a means a way for us to beat it. If we simply will be open to the Holy Spirit to good wise counsel to putting boundaries on ourselves but we cannot beat it alone. It has to be supernatural. It has to be beyond the natural person to something supernatural. And when somebody hits the bottom, it's when they say, I cannot beat this thing. And I need Jesus. I need you now. I need you more than the urging to compromise and give in to this temptation. And so fill me, fill that void, fill that emptiness. Be that substitute. For what I have substituted all along. Be the real thing. Admit your weakness. And then look in that text. You'll see it. God is faithful. I think that sums it up. If we will draw close to God. The scripture says he will draw close to us. And he is faithful. And he longs for us to be free more than we do. He longs for us to not be held as captives any longer more than we do. He longs for us to have liberty from that which has held us in bondage, from that way of thinking or that behavior that has incarcerated us, that wants to give us a life sentence. And I really believe that on the cross, Isaiah helps us with that. It says that Jesus, the Messiah, took on our infirmities, our weaknesses, our frailty, our sin. And he embodied all of that. And in one millisecond, all of that passed through him to allow us to be victors this side of the cross and so that cross is our hope because if one can overcome death then I know one can help me to overcome this addiction and can set me free. Well, I ask our worship team to come at this time. And I want you to be mindful of this. The road to healing, if it's a thousand steps, God has taken 99 and all you have to do is take one. All you have to do is take one. And God says, I'll partner with you. I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you and your loved one, your coworker, your friend, your neighbor that has dealt with this addiction. And I and my power with willingness And the part of your spirit can set you free. Now, today, I want you to be honest. There may be something in your life. Maybe you filled something in and you're addicted. Maybe it's a chemical addiction. Whatever it is, this altar is open. You may want to pray right where you are. Maybe there's a loved one or friend that has been held hostage and even sober. It's affected their thinking. And they need Jesus And they need Jesus through you to stand with them, to give them direction. You can come and and entrust them to the Lamb that gave it all, the one who was broken, that we might be made whole. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for this morning. Gosh, I have felt the forces of darkness push against me in this message. But God, I really believe I really believe there are those here today that want to be set free. And I thank you for some that have been set free and that can speak of liberty. But today I pray what your will is, and that is truly that we all would be set free because it's for freedom that you set us free. We pray this in the one who is our liberator. the name of Jesus, amen.